welcome to Oshirt. My name's Allie. And I'm Lyra. And I'm trying my hardest not to laugh because there's a dog in the room. But, Allie. Yes. I really hate the summer. And once July's over, it's it fall for me. It's not. July? Fall. No, I said, but you said once July's. Oh, you meant in general. Once yeah. July. I was going to say, it's like the fifth day of August. It's over. Yes. Summer's over. Yes. It's fall. This sounds like an ad. It's not. Oh. Okay. I'm just telling you, it's spooky season for me. It, I mean, basically. It's basically October for me. It's basically Halloween. Thanksgiving doesn't count. And then there's Christmas. Anyways, since it's spooky season and I'm already... In the season. Yes. In the spirit. Yes. I wanted to do a Halloween case. Okay. Yeah. It's not super Halloween-y, so. Well, it's like 85 days until Halloween, right? So it's basically Halloween. Yeah, basically. I'm already thinking about my costume right now, so like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm like, going to be. I already have plans. Yeah. But anyways, let's kind of just jump into it. Um, so it's a Halloween case. Everything that happens, happens on October 31st. Specifically in the year 2010. So in the early mornings of this day, um, there was a shot that was heard in a neighborhood in Sandusky, Ohio. Everything that's bad happens in Ohio. But it's 6.30 a.m. Super early. Um, I believe it's still hunting season, so it's not uncommon to hear gunshots. But then again, I don't know. I've never lived in Ohio. But yeah, no one really takes notice of um, the gunshot. Around 9.30, Devin Griffin returned home from spending the weekend hunting with his dad. See, again, more people hunting. Um, He was returning back to the home where his mother and his stepfather lived. Sorry, I just looked up real quick. So I was like, there's hunting in Ohio. You can hunt deer, turkey, and pheasant in yeah. Ohio. It's Ohio. Of course you can hunt. <laughs> yeah. Devin Griffin is returning back home yes. to his mother and stepfather's home. He shares this home with the stepdad, William, or Bill, uh, and his mother, Susan Liskey. Um, along with them, there's also his brother, Derek, who is 23 years old, and he has another brother, uh, his stepbrother, uh, BJ, but he does not live in the home with them. Okay. So it's really a four-person home. So when Devin returned back home, the house was pretty quiet, and BJ was the only family member that he saw when he entered uh, the house, and he was the only person that he talked to. When Devin went to go talk to BJ, BJ asked him where he was going and how long he would go be gone and this was kind of weird for bj to do he normally wouldn't care about what his family was doing and wouldn't even ask questions like this to devin um on top of that devin also noted that bj was acting oddly happier than usual super weird stuff but devin didn't have a lot of time to stick around in the house um he had to go to church he was a in the choir, so he just needed to change and then go to church um, and 
it wasn't weird that he was leaving the house without his parents. I mean, he needed to be there to be in the choir. Yeah. So after Devin goes to church, sings, hallelujah, he goes back home and immediately goes up to his bedroom to play video games until about 1.30. At this point, though, he was finding it super weird that the house was like extra quiet and that nobody in his family had been around or he's seen anybody. This is 1.30 p.m., right? Yes, ma'am. So, thinking that it's super weird, he went downstairs and started to look for his mother, Susan. He immediately went to her and Bill's room and found them still in their um, bed with the maroon comforter pulled up over both of their heads. Immediately upon entering the room, he started talking to his mom and walked around the bed to her side. He tapped her leg, uh, which was hanging outside of the cover, and she was not responding. He then pulled down the comforter to try and wake her up. That's when he saw that the pillowcase underneath her head was soaked in blood. Devin's first thought, and this is absolutely awful, like the the mental gymnastics that you have to be going through to like be saying like, Hey, everything's okay. But Devin's first thought was that his mom was pulling a Halloween prank on him because it's October 31st. Yeah. But I guess because he was, he had to come to the realization that this isn't a prank. Why would his, both of his parents just be in bed this entire time or completely quiet just to pull a prank on him? He started to realize that, no, this is real. That's real blood. And his mom is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, once he came to the realization, so yeah, he ran out of the house um, and immediately called his aunt, um, crying and basically asking her to call 911 and telling her what he had found. Um he didn't go and attempt to find his brother at this point, but he did try to go and find him after he had called his aunt. But yeah, after that phone call to his aunt, she immediately went over and went to comfort um, Devin since he was in distress and waited with authorities uh, for help. Mm-hmm. But that still leaves BJ out of the picture. Yeah. So let's talk about BJ a little bit. So BJ Liskey was the 24-year-old son to Bill, so the father in the family. He was described as very gloomy and dark. So again, him feeling happier and asking Devin all these questions, really out of the blue. Not like his character. And let's talk about all the things that had happened to BJ and because of BJ starting in 2002. So while BJ was 16, he was on house arrest. This would be the first time he got in major trouble. Um, This would be when Bill had to call the police to come to their home. Mm -hmm. BJ had been threatening to hurt himself and his father didn't know how to stop him. Um, So when police arrived, they're trying to, you know, I don't know, do whatever it is that the police do in these kinds of situations. Um, BJ attacked them. Yeah. So obviously not the right thing to do in this case. My one thought in this is, and I've heard this a lot, 
police aren't the best at de-escalating these kinds of situations with self-harm and people going through these kinds of episodes. So in this case, I have no idea if like, you know, maybe the police weren't the right people to call in this case. Could have been, could not have been. Not sure. There's not a lot of details on this. Let's move on to the next time. So in 2004, BJ had started to escalate from threatening to harm himself to attacking other people. Mm-hmm. October 2004, he got into a fight with his stepmother, Susan, and he hit her hard enough to like cause damage. Two months later, he was also charged with criminal assault and robbery for hitting Susan with a, um, a mug and then stealing her car keys. On that um, account, he was found incompetent to stand trial, and all the charges were dropped. Dale, uh, would you, like, be able to charge your own son if he, like, hurt your partner? That's, I mean, it depends on the person. (laughs) I mean, I'm asking you personally. Like, if these things were happening to your partner... And your son was the one who was doing it. Would you do anything about it if they were arrested? Yes, I probably would. Well, I would encourage my partner to press charges mm-hmm. and say, you were wronged. You were harmed. You have every right to press charges. But then it's like you have a loyalty to your partner and a loyalty to your offspring. So it's like, because you would want to defend them and be like, because I would want to say like, oh, but like my son, he has his problems. Like he just flies off the handle, but you can't just like excuse all his behavior, especially if it's harming someone. Yeah. You can't just be like, oh, that's just BJ. Yeah. You can't sweep it under the rug. Well, it just keeps escalating. So after that incident, the family tried to get BJ the help that he needed and moved him to a group home in Sandusky. Um, this is where he would receive mental health treatment. Didn't really work, or at least in the long run, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So while he was in this mental health uh, facility, he would be involved in several fights with others at the facility, as well as with his father when he went to go and pick him up from the facility. Mm-hmm. This resulted in the police being called about three separate times. So the previous time when he was threatening to harm himself, I don't know if calling the police was the right call in this case. Absolutely. Obviously he's being violent towards other people. So I, I think yes, police intervention, probably Okay. So at 18, BJ had finally been kicked out of his house by his father when he attacked Susan when she was in the shower. So again, we're just continuing the cycle. See, at this point, I would have held the son. He's 18 18. at this point. I would have said, you're out. Yeah. And that's exactly what his dad did. Yeah. If you can't live with me and my partner, the person I'm choosing to be with, you're out. You're out. Yeah. So this attack specifically landed BJ a stay in the hospital. 
This is where he received treatment for schizoaffective disorder bipolar type. So, obviously a lot of things mentally not okay right now. Is it the cause for everything or not? Um, I mean, I think that would always be up in the air. Um, but I think this coupled with BJ's own struggles with um, his family life, which I didn't go over that before, um, but the attack started in 2002. In 2001, his father and his mother separated and officially got divorced. And after that, BJ was having a lot of trouble um, just, you know, being a regular person. He started skipping school and then obviously attacking people, hurting himself, um, that kind of stuff. So could it be, you know, a combination of everything that was, quote unquote, going wrong with his life, plus his schizoaffective disorder could be one or the other or both. But regardless of that, um, he's still attacking everybody. He's still pretty much considered a menace. Um, Family, friends and um, neighbors talked to Bill often about him and his family's safety with BJ around. So they thought that Bill absolutely needed to take precautions. The neighbors also believed that it was BJ who had killed and tortured their pets over the years. Um, They don't have any proof of this because they had never caught him in the act. But I think we both know what that kind of means, right? People of sound mind don't harm animals don't have an urge to do that and it's usually like a a symptom of what is it um psychopathy yeah i wasn't able to find exactly when neighbors started suspecting that either but i wonder if it's after like 2001 or if it was even prior to that yeah so despite the repeated attacks on the family specifically on susan bill still kept trying to keep his son in his life and out of trouble So he'd continue to keep contact with him by visiting BJ at the halfway house that he was living in after he had gotten kicked out. The week before the murders, Bill had taken time off to take a vacation with BJ on a hunting trip. Again, you were doubting how many people actually hunt in Ohio and it's like hunting trip, hunting trip, hunting trip. But yeah, they went on a um, hunting trip together and it's, went to go seemingly well. They got back on Saturday evening and gather, gathered with neighbors for a few beers. Bill decided that he didn't want to drive BJ back to the halfway house after drinking. He's going to be responsible. Uh, and he was going to have BJ spend the night. His reasoning, I'm assuming, is that the hunting trip went well. And this little get together with his neighbors went well. And he wasn't showing any signs of hostility towards anybody. Well, then there's drinking and driving. What do you mean? I said there's avoiding drinking and driving. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big one. I mean, it would have been through Bill's car. So Bill would have been the one drinking and driving. He was the one being safe about that. But I'm just saying in general, you don't want to, you don't want a DUI. No, I think the DUI is the least of your worries. Uh it's a it's just a factor. Yes. But yeah, Bill instead had BJ spend the night at their house or at his house technically. Um 
and had made up the couch so that BJ could spend the night and sleep on there. I don't know. Like the whole drinking and driving thing. It's 2010. I'm pretty sure Uber existed by then. Yeah. Cabs still existed. You could still call a cab and have your son driven to the halfway house. Uh, some people don't think about that. I don't. I guess he was drinking. Interesting. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I, st- I still think about like how he has a pattern of acting out, especially towards Susan, his wife. Bill's wife, that I wouldn't feel comfortable having him in my house unless I knew they had interacted. Yeah. Well, some people see like, so like they went on three hunting trips, right? No, no. Um, or, uh, da, 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 da. When did you, where did you get three? Because you mentioned. You oh, three. three. Oh, I was just saying a lot of hunting trips. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, but anyways. Devin went on a hunting trip and, um, BJ and Bill went on a hunting trip. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, the dad could have seen, because a lot of times parents will be like, oh, well, they're starting to, like, look at Tyler Hadley. His mom said, oh, I think we're over that hill, and he's starting mm-hmm. to get better. So I think parents will just, like, after all the bad stuff, if there's one good they'll interaction. see the few mm-hmm. or the couple, even one good thing and they'll say i guess oh, had well. two in this case huh two in this case because the hunting yeah, trip the hunting and then trip. the neighborhood hangout yeah and then well and then being able to drink with them and if they're not like flying off the handle mm-hmm. after drinking in excess it's like oh my son is getting better yeah. so he probably thought oh it's safe to have him around now if it's just like overnight not like continuous mm-hmm. Because it's just like a, he could have said, oh, well, it's just for the night. Yeah. He's not moving in. Very true. I'm still on camp. I would need to see repeated interactions between these two individuals over the years before I feel comfortable letting them stay in my house, either unsupervised or overnight. Yeah. Just me, though. But yeah, he spent the night and let's talk about what happened and what police found. So I mentioned that Devin left for church. Yes. And that was on uh, Sunday morning, October 31st. Right after Devin left, BJ also left the family's home, taking Bill's Ford F-150 and drove to the hunting cabin. He left behind Bill and Susan in their beds. He had seemingly shot them to death. Bill had been shot five times in the head and face. He was most likely shot first, since his body was found in a natural sleeping position. Susan was shot three times. Her body looked like it may have just been woken up from the shots, saw what was happening, and then tried to run away. Both of them were shot at close range and by a small caliber gun, most likely a um, twenty-two caliber gun. To note, that gun was not found in the home, and it was also never found. Mm-hmm. 
here's another little nasty tidbit. Um, so Susan was sexually assaulted. They weren't able to actually determine if it was before or after she had been shot. The only thing that they were able to discover was that her body had been moved and that's why she was underneath the covers in um, her and Bill's bed. Yeah. Next would be the BJ's stepbrother, Derek. So his room was actually locked when police um, were investigating the house or searching through it. Um, They knocked on the door to see if anybody would answer and there was nothing, uh, there was no answer. So they had to kick in the door. Derek was found curled up in bed in the fetal position facing the wall. He had severe blunt force trauma to his head and he had been struck multiple times. It is reported that um, he most likely died from the first strike and the other blows were just, I mean, just mutilating him, basically. Mm-hmm. Police were also able to find a bloody claw hammer that was found in the house and they would um, prove it to be consistent with Derek's wounds. So with all that and with um, Devin... Sorry, the brother's names confuse me. Devin and the aunt outside being questioned by police. They started basically piecing everything together, how BJ was acting. The aunt had brought up how he had had that past um, with being violent towards specifically Susan, but like towards other people as well. Neighbors corroborated the whole, um, not corroborated, uh, but told police that they had suspected BJ of harming their pets and just being overall kind of nasty in their neighborhood. So he was suspect number one. Um, Police did track him to a fam, their family cabin and apprehended him. He was being arrested and charged with aggravated murder in each of the deaths. So that's three counts of it. Yeah. So we're going to kind of fast forward because there's not a lot of details on like every little breakdown of this stuff. We're going to move down to BJ's trial. So during the trial, it was noted that he was speaking emotionless. He told the court that I loved my dad very much and it makes me sick. It makes me feel sick every time I think about what I did. I can't really explain why all of this happened, but I think most of it all had to do with my mental illness. On a separate account, when he was um, in jail, he had a conversation with his mother about the crime. Mm -hmm. She asked BJ, did you do it? And he said, yes. She asked him, how could you? And he said, I wasn't in my right mind. He then all of a sudden told his mother, mom, I can't talk about this anymore. Um. But yeah, that was on the recorded line from the jail. And another officer also um, told the news about that. After that last phone call um, with his mom, BJ did change his plea f- uh, to guilty. So he went from innocent to insane or whatever to guilty. Mm. 
So when BJ had entered his guilty pleas for three counts of aggravated murder, he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And before he was actually sentenced, he did apologize for killing his father, stepmother, and stepbrother. This time he was saying he was still blaming his mental illness, but also Satan for his actions, which again, like he has a, what is it? Schizoaffective disorder. Is that what it was? Schizoaffective disorder, bipolar type. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just kind of covering up everything. He obviously knew what he did. I mean, it sounds like he was a, uh, what is it? Cognizant? Cognizant? No. Co- cognitive? I don't know. There's like a term for it. But he was fully aware of what he was doing. Yeah. Especially to have, okay, let's say he shot his father first. Like, mm-hmm. allegedly shot, shot his father first. And then let's say he assaulted the stepmother before shooting her. It's like he knew, he thought out what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, he was not of the right mind or something like that. Yeah. And then to go and then um, murder the little brother. His slightly younger brother. Yeah. They're almost the same age. Oh. They were almost the same age. Little brother. I guess. Stepbrother, too. Well, I don't know. It's like he knew what he was doing. No, I, do I fully think so, too. Times. Yeah. The only thing that I can think of that makes me think maybe it was his mental illness is that he went after his father first, mm-hmm. which he seemingly had to have a okay relationship with him. My first thought would be the step family would be the first. Yeah. Specifically Susan, the mom. Um, and that's not me trying to say like, Oh, it is definitely his mental illness. I, I think a hundred percent. It was all planned out. Yeah. He knew that his father wouldn't let B- BJ um, assault his stepmom or harm her. And that if he did, police would be called. He'd, you know, go to jail or be escorted back to the halfway house. Yeah. But yeah. Definitely don't think that it was his mental illness and i feel like he just kind of threw satan in there to try to say that oh it was a mental illness yeah um but that's basically everything that happened um from 2010 to 2011 however um there is one last little tidbit um bj did end up taking his own life in 2015 he was 29 years old and he was found dead in his cell by the Ross Correctional Institution in Chillicothe um, from a self-inflicted injury. From what they investigated, it was a suicide, and they don't suspect foul play. And that's basically everything there. So that is basically what we know about everything that happened. And obviously, we're not going to get a lot of answers now. Yeah. Um. Unless we find some something that either um, of the families like left behind um, that indicated more about like his mental status yeah. or if BJ himself actually wrote something out. But as far as we know, this is everything that there is to it. Um, I don't even think that there's a lot of information fr- about the aunt or from um, Devin, 
anymore. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. And we already went over our thoughts. Very sad, though. Yeah, I know. <sighs> really short, but... A short, good case. Yeah. We tied up all of our bows. Yeah, had nothing to do with Halloween. I just found this underneath Halloween cases. I mean, it happened on Halloween, so... The morning of Halloween. Yeah, so... Yeah. Ooh, actually, I didn't mention this before, but... Devin, the younger brother that survived, obviously. Yeah. Awful to think about. But he was in that house with his family dead already. I know. That's what I was thinking. I was like, he was playing video games for how long before he was like, oh, man. I mean, I'm assuming he got to church around like, let's say, 10. Left the house oh, at 930 or something. Church starts early. He arrived home at 930. And then changed and then went to church. Oh, okay. So I'm assuming he got there around like 10-ish or something. Oh, I was going to say church. Probably came back around like 11.30 noon and mm-hmm. then played video games for like an hour or something. So that kind of really sucks. That does. It's very sad. Sad. It sucks. I wouldn't want to think about the entire trauma of like having to think about like I was in that home and I didn't notice anything was actually wrong for that long well now he can't celebrate halloween the same either because he's like i think I that's the least of his family. worries huh? i think that's the least of his worries halloween oh no no but i'm yeah. just saying he wouldn't that day doesn't mean the same thing to him anymore mm-hmm. it's not halloween to him anymore it's the day his mother brother and stepfather, stepfather if he, passed if he loved yeah. his stepfather like mm-hmm I wonder how that actually feels, too, because a lot of people dress up as, like, zombies and, like, dead people. It's, like, definitely wouldn't feel safe. Yeah, I hope he's I, doing okay. I know. I hope so, too, but I'm sure he doesn't celebrate Halloween. I really highly doubt he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Small case. Thank you so but, much for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. Anyways, that's it, so... Don't find us on Twitter because it doesn't exist anymore. Fuck Twitter. Find us on Instagram and YouTube at Ofric Pod or Ofric Podcast. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you next time. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you.